a fight at Cumbie On a hippie trailhead full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under? Live from the Financial Thing Studios is the Peer-to-Peer Lending Essentials Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Thing Investment Essentials Podcast. My name is Lawrence Samuels. I have a really great podcast for you today. I'm going to split this podcast into two halves because it did go forever a long time. Here's part one. We have Lendy is the company. Paul Riddell is the communications person at Lendy. Communications has always been a bit of a sticky issue with Lendy and a lot of people have wished that the communications would be better. So Paul was brought on board to help with that. And then also, uh, second guest is Liam Brooke. He is the director and co-founder of Lendy. So one of the head shows. He's gonna give us some information about what Lendy is doing, some of the upcoming platform changes, and also I'm gonna question him about some of the difficulties that they've had some of the uh, lender perceptions with regards to loans going overdue, and some of the default levels, and also the secondary market illiquidity, how that slowed down. And we're gonna have a great conversation. So here's part one, hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Financial Thing Peer-to-Peer Lending Essentials Podcast. My name is Lawrence Samuels. I am your host as always. Uh, we have uh, two very special guests. This is the first time on the podcast that I've actually had two people at once. So uh, this is going to be very interesting, but double the amount of information for you, which is the best thing for you as a listener and a viewer. Today we have Liam Brooke. He is the co-founder of Lendy, which uh, also used to be known as Saving Stream. Some of you know the Saving Stream is now rebranded again as Lendy. And we have Paul, hopefully I will not butcher your name, Rydell, Riddell? Riddell, that's correct. Riddell, Paul Riddell. Rydell was in Greece, but... (laughs) Okay, Paul Riddell, who also works uh, Lendy in the communications department. And we've got them here today to let you know all about what the company's doing. Um, I'm going to ask them some questions about things that are going on that I personally would like to know about. And I think a lot of your questions also about the platforms, um the way it works and some of the upcoming changes that they've just announced to in the last couple of days. So for all of you who are listening who do not know what Lendy is, I'm going to ask Liam, the co-founder, to give you a quick synopsis about a minute um, explaining what Lendy does and if you're interested in investing your money, what exactly that would entail. So go ahead and Liam and explain to everybody what is Lendy? What do you guys do? Well, hi Lawrence. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. What is lending? Okay, so back in 2012, we identified that there were two problems in the market. There were investors out there that wanted and needed a better return than they were getting in this low interest rate environment. And there were borrowers over here that were struggling to borrow, um, even if they had an incredibly profitable and sensible project because the banks had pulled out of the market and they were too scared or didn't have the resources or the infrastructure or the knowledge or the expertise to do what they needed to do and support these property developers and, and investors. Effectively, there was liquidity missing from the entire market. So we decided to put the investors and the borrowers together via the Lendy platform and we would create the opportunity for business transactions to happen. 
So the platform allows our investors to pool together their funds in order to finance developments and property purchases. You know, we ensure this process is fast, simple and secure uh, and delivers a gross annual return of uh, averaged 12% per year for the last five years. So you know, over, over 300 million quid, we've returned over 25 million pounds to our investors in interest alone. Um, so, you know, we, we've employed, we've grown incredibly quickly, averaging, we've doubled our loan book in the last couple of years, we've doubled our investor numbers in the last eight months, and we've, you know, we, we're looking to grow the, to be the largest and most profitable and capable business uh, P2P platform in, in the market. Um, we've got over 25 staff now with over 200 years of banking experience, and, and, and we've got solicitors, we've got lawyers, we've got accountants. We keep track of all of the loans and we make sure that your money comes back in a fast, efficient and um, safe manner. That was a good synopsis. Okay. I suppose it was quite investor focused, wasn't it? So from, from the borrower side, I guess, you know, we can, we've got all these people, borrowers, and they want to lend you the money, but they want a good return on it and they want to invest in safe projects. So our expertise comes at writing a loan quickly, um, summarizing it, checking it, putting it into our investors nice and nice and quickly and getting their buy-in because they trust us because we've been doing this for five years and we know what we're doing. Um, we've done over 300 million of, of, of loans so far. Um, the largest loan we've ever done is eight million pounds in one go. We've got over 11 million pounds in one building project, but the average loan is about a million, a million and a half. Liam, we'll start with you about what's your background? Where did you come from previous line of work before, before you started Lendy as a co-founder? So a brief background myself, I've got a from from leaving university, I went to Barclays Bank and joined their corporate graduate scheme back in 2005. Um, small business lending, so lending money to small high street little little shops and little, uh, little uh, companies. I had about had about 300 small retail businesses as my customer base at that point, and then and then slowly over the years climbed the scale and the size of the businesses which I managed up until uh, companies of 50, 50 million plus turnover. Um, after a couple of years of, after a few years of that, it was um, into property banking. So I, I, I thought property development banking was the way to go. Mm -hmm. And um, 2008, the end of the world, an opportunity, <laughs> an opportunity yeah. in the Middle East came up to go and work for Ali United Bank in Bahrain, where I spent a couple of years, uh, had my son out there, had a lovely time. And then came back to the UK in 2010 and um, worked for a small investment company in Switzerland based in the UK and in time started a business with my co-founder Tim um, and we've been doing Lendy for five years now. Okay. And uh, what about you, Paul? What's your background? Okay. Hi, Lawrence. Nice to meet you Hi. online. Um, yes, I've, I've got sort of 25 plus years in financial services working for... Um, Canadian companies like Sunline Financial, um, French companies like AXA, AXA Group, uh, ran their marketing and communications for them, and also Swiss companies like Credit Suisse. Um, so um, specialised in uh, communications, PR very early on, and then broadened my role over the years to cover brand, marketing, customer, um, and uh, you really get into the heart of businesses and you know, what, what a business is about, what's, what's the purpose of the business to try and get that into the DNA of companies. So, yeah, 25 years plus. And um, uh, the last, my last role was um, as a, 
running running the marketing for AXA Group, and I specialised in that in, in looking after the innovation program, which which put me in touch with lots of fintechs in uh, Silicon Valley and in London as well. So when the opportunity to join um, Lendy um, came up, um, small company growing fast, etc., was a big a big big appeal for me. Thanks for the uh, background information. Now. Quick question for both of you. We'll start with you. Liam, do you personally invest in peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, a side of what you put into your own company? Do you do any other company investing or not? Well, regardless of the fact that when we started the business back in 2005, we used our own capital to lend on the projects. So we started off the business lending against marine assets which is why Lendy Cows Week has been such a, a, a great synergy for us. Um, so we lent our initial capital against the assets and then sold them down onto the, onto the saving stream at the time, saving stream platform. Mm-hmm. So we recycled our own capital from day one. Now, over time, we've got to the stage where we've lent over 300 billion now. Um, I don't have sufficient capital to, to underwrite everything. Um, so it came to a point where we do it. We did invest in our own platform. The FCA have decided that that's uh, a negative thing. So we now we de- now don't invest in our own platform. But in terms of the industry, yes, I invest in another couple of platforms, and obviously not too much. I don't want to give them too too much uh, competition. My money, no, no. but um, no, we respect the industry as a whole. And obviously, after doing very very thorough detailed due diligence, there are a couple of platforms out there that I think are um, capable and robust enough. To look after my money in a very, in a very um, uh, stringent and um, successful way. Yeah. Now, would you like to go out on a limb and share which uh, companies you believe are robust? I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, I wouldn't want to advise anyone. Just an opinion. Just an opinion. Just an opinion. Yeah. If you want to give an opinion, if not, you feel free. It's up to you. You know what? The, the UK, uh, the UK system is very robust and trustworthy, um, and. There are other platforms out there that um, I wouldn't invest in, but there are quite a few that are very th- thorough and very um, trustworthy. So I'm, I'm not going to say which one, so mm-hmm. no chance, but the UK is probably the best place to put your money. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep prodding you for a name until you just get yeah. asking you, like, oh, whatever. Paul, what about you, sir? Do you invest outside of Lendy, any other peer-to-peer companies or crowdfunding platforms for your own personal self? Like Liam, I, I do just a little bit. Um, I, I've I've always invested since I was a young young person, and um, so, so I've always had a, a, a small percent in 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 P two P since since it's been around. Again, I can't name them. Okay. Um, we're not allowed to invest in our own platform. Um, I probably would if we could, but um, but but we're not allowed. But it's it's certainly. You know, I certainly see it as an important part of a, a diversified investment portfolio to have some exposure. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a good thing. And it, it's nice to hear that the people running the companies are also not just investing in their own company, but also outside in the sector. A lot of the times I just call it spy money because sometimes they're just spying on the other platforms, which is fine too. I mean, I would do it too. There is a degree of that in the... (laughs) Hey, you have to to keep up on the competition, right? I mean... That's how they do it. They're they're doing it to you, believe me. Everyone I've asked, yeah, I'm spying here and there. So um, let's talk about non-UK residents briefly. Uh, Our good friends in America are always looking to invest in the UK peer-to-peer companies. Most of the time, they're not able to. Uh, with Lendy, can the U.S. Uh, residents 
invest in Lendy, or through Lendy, I should say? We are a global platform. Um, there's something like 20% of our investors are over, overseas. Um, we don't put any restrictions on which con- on a country-based restriction uh, basis, but as long as they pass their very, very thorough, rigorous AML processing and KYC, then we don't have a problem having anyone from around the world being a member of our team. Okay. Our investment right. team, I think. So great <laughs> news. As long as they can prove that they're not uh, laundering money for Donald Trump, they're in. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's good to know um can you explain to me a little bit about how you pick and choose the deals that you are offering to lenders on on lendy so the process is that we we have a network of commercial finance brokers i don't know i don't know what it's like in the u.s but in the uk there are commercial finance brokers who are generally all part of the national association of commercial finance brokers um, there's about a thousand of them. So we we spend a lot of our time building relationships with these brokers who then go out to the market and try to win deals from individual developers and property traders and people looking for short-term finance. Um, we decided to go down that route because um, spending, one, it's easier um, because otherwise you've got to shoot a shotgun approach. And we decided that through the commercial finance broker network, it's more like a sniper. We can focus our time and attention on on, on um, b- building relationships with the brokers, and then we can, they feed us with deal flow, and we filter from what the, we filter from those deals what the brokers provide us. Now, in terms of the filter, obviously it's a trade secret, but we can let you know that it's it's based on five fundamentals, and those fundamentals are the valuation of the asset, the thorough, the the the, the basic fundamental premise of what we do is based on the valuation of the property the open market value what someone would pay for it okay. now there are different types of valuation i.e when can you expect to dispose of it the open market value is six months the or a year the night the 180 day valuation and the 90 day fire sale valuation so we take all of those into consideration as part of the valuation process each valuer we outsource it to a professional valuer who has independent indemnification insurance. So if they get it wrong, we have recourse. Okay. Um, so that's the, the, the major thing is valuation. So as the other four things, we've got uh, the credit checks on the borrower under underlying. Well, we need to know what this borrower is about. Is he going to pay us back or does he have a tendency not to mm-hmm. uh, based on his history? Um, the searches of the property so we make sure that all the tight the legal all the legal stuff is tied up so if we're going to lend money to this guy at least we've got tight security over the asset and the, you know, the final thing is the assessment by our credit committee now this is the key this is the key there are we've got a 49 point checklist that our credit team go through to get this thing to conclusion firstly they get the deal from the broker we discuss the financials and the economics we then um, agree a deal with the customer. It comes in. We perform our basic credit credit due diligence, and then we start instructing legals. And now remember, these are short term loans, so everything has to happen concurrently. Mm-hmm. Everything has to happen all at the same time. Right. For example, we had a deal in um, on the Wednesday for an eight uh, an eight million pound loan against a thirteen million pound property, and the guy needed the money to exercise his option. His option was running out the following Wednesday. So you know why, why he'd left it so late, we don't know, but came in on the Wednesday, we'd managed to perform by the Monday um, more 
if not more detailed, thorough uh, credit credit checking and due diligence on this borrower and the property, had the valuation rewritten in our name and raised £8 million from our 16,000 investors in five days. We managed to get this guy one of the world's biggest P2P loans within less than a week. Mm-hmm. So what we don't do during that process is skip or is skip any due diligence. We add due diligence to, to what a bank would do on a, on a three, four-month process. We can do it in a week. Okay, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Eight million in five really days is, pr- is pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't know what PBL number it is, but it's still up on the website. It's uh, JML House in, in uh, Hackney. Mm-hmm. Hackney, yeah. One of, one of, our, one of our themes is, is um, fast turnaround finance, so we, yeah. have, we have to kind of live up to that. <laughs> what is the average amount of time that it normally takes you to, to get a loan from start to drawn down process? As we say, we fast turnaround finance. We aim to do things as quick as possible. So yeah. we've got our processes in place that allow us to do that. Now, it, the problem with this entire market is that there are very many different third-party professionals needed to make it happen. So if a valuer has gone on holiday, um, if a lawyer has a baby and goes on paternity leave, or maternity leave, I beg pardon. Um, <laughs> and paternity <laughs> leave. <laughs> And you know, one of fifteen different people. If if the if the ducks are not in a row, mm-hmm. then the process cannot flow. I should have been a poet. Did you? Place. Yeah. Did you? Did you make that <laughs> up? That was good. That was good. Should we write that one down? I'll keep that one. <laughs> so um, they. So if if everything isn't aligned correctly, then things get delayed. So we've had loans that you know we get a lead in January, and it's only just completing this week. Not because it's a bad deal. It's just because information that we were waiting for, questions that we asked as part of our credit process, if they don't get answered, or if they get lost, or if someone goes on holiday, or something else, things can drag on. Um, but actually, if we our our expertise is available, and the and the process and the systems are all available and driven towards making these loans happen super super quick. So we're not the cheapest in the market by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but what we are, we, we, we would consider ourselves as being one of the quickest. Yep. Well, five days, eight million is is pretty quick. So that's impressive. What's the single largest investment that's been put into your platform from a lender's perspective? So we don't want to talk about any individuals. I don't think that's fair. But no. we, we have quite a few, like in the tens, um, of individual investors with over a million pound with us, the the average the average investment. Well, we've got nearly seventeen thousand investors now, and we've we've got a loan book as of today of about one hundred and eighty million pounds. So you know you could you the average investment is circa fifty thousand pounds a person. Okay. All right. And that's twenty percent international, um, but eighty percent UK. Okay. And weirdly, contrastingly, uh, talking about Brexit, we've actually seen an uptick in international investors into the UK. Um, it must be something to do with the falling pound that makes the the, the yield on the on, on the, the the fixed income asset that they're investing in um, more appealing. Question for either one of you: Give me a quick overview of what you think is going to happen to the the UK property market in the next twelve months with the whole Brexit looming over the market where do you foresee it going as far as valuations and things like that it, it's i mean we, we expect it to 
slow a little and we're seeing signs in London that it's sort of slowed a little but it's you know Brexit there's been political uncertainty in the UK with the um, you, you know with the government losing its majority etc um, and there's uncertainty elsewhere as well in America and stuff and, and that all that all feeds into investor sentiment so so we yeah we do expect the property market to slow a bit but the UK which is different to many other countries has a, a drastic housing shortage um, for all sorts of reasons you know age of population etc etc and we know government after government after government have failed to meet their house building targets so there is you know that, that shortage will continue therefore we expect the you know the housing market to hold up very well over the next few years we don't expect any any major major crash um you know it's and and um so we expect it to hold hold well and which is why we yeah which is why we, we specialize so much in 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 property as our asset class for investors okay liam you got any thoughts on that just to reiterate, we think the market, the UK property market, is very fundamentally out of kilter in terms of supply demand. Um, there is too much demand and not enough supply. So, for me and our business, that just makes sense to stick with it, um, regardless of what's happening on a macro global perspective and even on a sort of micro UK economic picture. We think the UK property market. If worst case scenario, if everyone else went wrong, um, it, property UK property market would be the last to suffer. So we're, we're happy where we are. Okay. Let's talk about the secondary market, which has always been a major positive on Lendy. Uh, people have seen it as a way to be able to liquidate loans very easily. Things kind of change when you switch the uh, requirement of having to have funds in, in the account to be able to buy loans. And the liquidity has obviously slowed down a lot. Uh, to the annoyance of lenders, which, I, hey, I understand lenders are always annoyed about something. So if it's not one thing, it's going to be another. It's very hard to keep us happy all the time. Let's talk about the secondary market. Um, what is going on as far as making changes to increase the liquidity of the market to get things moving again since those changes? So let me just put it in context. And it's really it's really great to hear you describing the business uh, the way you do. And you're, you're obviously uh, an involved investor. So it's, it's great to talk to you about this um, from this perspective. The, the reason we changed the secondary market as we did on the 1st of March was if you don't have cash on account when you buy something from the secondary market, there, there will be a period, a short period, admittedly, um, but there is a risk that lending ends up holding this loan for the period between when you buy it and when you put your money in the account. Mm -hmm. So as the business, that, that, that was fine as we were growing because we had sufficient capital in the business to sort of bridge that gap. But as we were getting bigger, you know, we were have averaging 20 million a month last, last, recently. Um, we, all, we had one, two, three million pounds at any one time of investors that owed us money. Um, so our, our our liquidity, our capital was being tied up in this in this uh, secondary market arbitrage, and the I don't want to blame it on the FCA, but they did say, look, you can't hold you can't hold the baby, you can't mm -hmm. hold it during the transaction, and also you can't invest in your own platform. Therefore, technically, as part of the secondary market trading, you're investing in your own platform, so you have to stop that. Right. So we did know very it, it was it was. Um, one, we wanted to come out of that holding the baby point of view. So thank you, FCA, for making that 
and it does make it more robust. It makes it more real, and it reduces the platform risk, which is a key consideration. So, you know, we're very we admit that it has reduced liquidity in the secondary market. We foresaw this, and we knew it was going to happen, but it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, now it has happened. There's obviously been a slowdown in the trading in the secondary market because people have to keep cash on account. There's a cash drag risk that if you've got cash on account, then there'll be a period when you're not earning anything. If something on the secondary market is not available, you've just got cash on account, not earning anything. We can't pay. We can't pay. We can't take deposits. We're not a bank. We don't want to be a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the reason we don't want to be a bank is the reason we exist. Um, so that makes they, sense. The, the purpose, <laughs> yeah. So the purpose of removing the liquid, the secondary market is less liquid because it would have it would have been less let's take let's go back we've grown rapidly there's lots of loan availability perhaps we need some more investor numbers um in order to keep up with the growth that we've been um undergoing so we are targeting our we are targeting our market and reasons of what we're, we're trying to improve the investor numbers generally in order to provide that secondary liquidity okay and and i think that's and I think that is a fundamental point, really, because you and it is it is an art form to keep yeah, in, in peer-to-peer to keep that balance. You know, we, we've had a, a huge success this year with um, origination, um, certainly since I've been here since January. Um, and investor numbers have grown. Yeah, you know, we've been averaging thousand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been growing, growing very, very fast. And one of the reasons I was brought in, you know, not only to improve communications with existing investors. And improve some of the marketing as well, but it was also to um, to, to reach out to new investors mm. and to explain what P2P is. Edu- you know, edu- you know, I'm doing a lot with national newspapers to edu- to educate um, the readers about what P2P is and um, you know reasons we're doing uh, Lendy Cows Week. You know, it's a you know it's a big you know big event for us, but but one of the big attractions is is its target market is a perfect fit for us and. Um, and it gives us another platform, n- another positive platform, mm-hmm. um, to to uh, educate people about what P2P is, not just what Lindy is, but what P2P is, because it is an unknown for a lot of people. So, um, so you know, we've got a lot more more to do, a lot of education to go. You know, Lindy Cows, we 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 will be entertaining, um, looking after a lot of kind of guests out there. And um, if you're here, you're very welcome to come out and. Mm enjoy the fireworks and everything with us but um but it gives us you know it is another platform to help grow this business and to help build that kind of p2p kind of program for us yeah and i I will say paul when you were introduced as the communications person at lendy a lot of the people were very very happy because that was one of the uh biggest complaints about the lack of communication some people were frustrated about that so you kind of flew in you were like the holy grail of communication which was uh, nice everybody was really happy about that let me ask you a question about the communicative efforts um the communication has been a lot better recently i've noticed since um you've been brought on to help with that is, is that a challenge i mean so you have you said sixteen thousand investors i can only imagine people emailing you asking questions about what's going on all the time you just got all this communication going on how do you handle something like that is something you're handling on your own or do you have help with that um we have a we have a small small team and we uh, and so i do have support 
Um, I mean, I think it is the challenge, you know, I mean, probably one of my biggest mistakes was um, putting my name and personal email onto, onto one of the forums. Um, but but I'm in many ways, I'm pleased I did that because because I think we are a human business. You know, we're run by humans. We make mistakes sometimes. And, you know, I've, you know, I'm very happy to put my hands up on behalf of the company and, you know, admit when we made, made mistakes, because I think only then can you um, improve improve what you do and you know it's a new sector you know it's a company that's still only really four and a half years old so it's learning all the time and even though um, customers of any company can be frustrating from time to time whether you're a retailer or an online sort of investment company investment platform you learn so much from from your from your customers and we learn an awful lot from our customers who are on the forum. I learn a lot through all the emails and messages and I get through WhatsApp email um, to my LinkedIn account everywhere. So managing where some, where, where, where some of the communications <laughs> come from is can be a challenge. And um, occasionally I do 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 you know do miss things. But um, you know it is important for the company. You know communications, customer service, etc. are fundamental to our kind of DNA. And um, can I just jump in there and just explain a little bit of history about um, why we may be left communications and customer service um unattended for a while because obviously as this is an entrepreneur as it started out this business as an entrepreneurial business with tim and i on our own doing this uh, without any support we were able to offer massive fantastic rates of return back to investors because the overheads that we were we had were very minimal and we wanted to make that maintain that as long as possible in order to pass back and as much return to the investors as we possibly could and we said to them very very early on look we have we'll have an email support um policy because if we have to receive sixteen thousand phone calls a day then you won't we won't get any work done and we'll have to employ people to do that and therefore the returns will get hit so we're operating very very lean and unfortunately to build the business customer service and communications came at an, an unfortunate and regrettable second place to building the business and, get, and getting it going but obviously now we've got sufficient resources and um, customers and track record and you know we've, we've evolved from the two-man laptops and two dogs to 25 men beg your pardon 25 people um, office building in South Sea 17,000 investors lendy cows week you know we we've we've realized we're on the cusp of something great and we've moved and transitioned we're in the period of transition from the entrepreneurial to the corporate so paul um thank goodness he's come on board to take this off from us and to lead it and to actually give something back to the investors who have helped us get this far so you know pat on the back paul yeah. welcome on board um, you, you can take the flak and uh, <laughs> get <off> the street. <laughs> but, but I think that's a good point because you know everyone's expectations always go upwards, yeah. and um, you know you can improve these things, and then once people are used to them, they forget that they weren't there before. They expect the next thing, and it's 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 trying to stay ahead, trying to um, trying to make sure that our IT, our operations, our service matches expectations, and that that's the biggest challenge because. You know, unless you employ 100 people to do it, which we're not going to do, we're going to grow in a sustainable way, you know, to make sure that the margin that we pass back to investors is protected and enhanced, actually, you know, as, as we've been doing with the announcements over the last couple of days. But um, uh, meeting or exceeding 
your your customers' expectations is always really, really, really hard. But um, you know, for every uh, sort of challenging comment that we get f- from a company perspective, there are very positive, you know, some very strong positive ones that we get in as well. We get a lot of thank yous. We got a, we get a lot of well dones, um, which we don't take for granted, and and we do appreciate it when people take the time to say say well done for doing something thanks for listening and, it is um, nice and when it in place. people mm. say well done mm. uh, we don't get it very often but when they do it's, it's very very well received so if, if you fancy <laughs> saying thank you <laughs> a nice trust pilot review that we'd be very grateful yeah if anybody's <laughs> listening out there say thank you from time to time because uh, it's a thankless business sometimes that these gentlemen are, are doing trying to give you good returns one thing i'll tell you paul if you're a snapchat user Turn off your map because people will be able to find you now. Exactly your little <laughs> oh, location. My, my, we've had a letter from my daughter's school about that, and um, yeah, so it's been been going the rounds. Quite an issue, isn't it? Yeah, you might you might have a few stalkers on that if you use it. But uh, <laughs> going back a little bit to the secondary market, um, what are the things that you are doing to try to increase the liquidity? Now, I will say this: first of all with your company you were very unique the fact that you allowed people to credit their accounts without having money was very unique nobody else was doing that i i thought it was pretty amazing that you were able to do that so i completely understand why you would have to stop doing the secondary market the way it was and i'm sure it was a complete pain in the rear end um and and two secondary markets you know people don't understand that they're, they're never guaranteed as a way to be able to exit they're always just a little additional tool that you use with peer-to-peer platforms. And I always tell people, look, if you're not willing to hold a loan until term, you probably shouldn't be buying it because there's never a guarantee that the secondary market will be there to be used and, and be able to allow exit. But what are you doing as far as you know? some things maybe you can share about reducing the time that it's taken to sell loans, maybe increase that liquidity a little bit? I guess... It comes back to supply and demand again. Um, we've tried to, obviously, we want to grow the business. We want to be the largest and most successful P2P business out there. And our growth to date has supported that, and the investor numbers have supported that. But then there comes a point where there are so many new loans coming onto the platform that they're, they're generally going to be more attractive than older loans coming to the end of the term. So we recognized that the risk-reward ratio was imbalanced. They're effectively buying fixed-income products. No, they're effectively buying equity risk products, but with a fixed-income return. Mm-hmm. So we need we, with some of the some of the um, some of the updates and changes that we've made recently are in order to attempt to address that in in a, a small degree. So we need to increase the return. On the second, on loans in the secondary market that have gone over date. Hence, why um, we are now offering the bonus rate, which accrues at fifty percent of the income per month, and whoever's holding that loan at the end, when it pays back, gets the return. Mm-hmm. So we actually released this yesterday, and we actually <laughs> we also had a, it was a very busy day yesterday. Uh, the IT team hate me, um, and so does Paul. <laughs> but the the yesterday a default loan paid back. For example, um, it was a pub in Kent and it was 200 and odd days overdue. So it had gone into default, which is our 180 day. So um, interest had been accruing. And yesterday we added a three and a half percent bonus to that and that will be paid today. So the day we released, 
this process, this uh, policy, we pay back a default loan, and the day after, it might not be today because IT team are struggling um, with all these changes. Mm -hmm. But very, very soon, we will be honouring that three and a half percent default bonus effectively to support and reward those investors that have held the loan to term, regardless of when the end of term date official was. Um, we've managed to return nearly nearly a hundred million pounds of the three hundred odd million to investors so far. There's no reason to suspect that we're not very good at this. We are very, very good at recovering the loans. Mm -hmm. So, what we're trying to do is back to the point. We're trying to rebalance risk and reward. We understand that in the secondary market, after day zero, it's a riskier proposition. Therefore, we're trying to reward those investors with a bit more return. So that should encourage people to hold to term or to increase liquidity in the secondary market. So people will take, um, people should buy further down because the return is higher. Um, and as we proved yesterday, we we're able to return the funds to them. Uh, what else are we doing? We are, there is a, we're oh, deep, uh, development loans. Development loans are obviously we do a bridge on, on day one for the land loan. Effectively, that's the 18-month long-term loan, and then the million pounds development funds, the 10 million pounds development funds, are drawn down in a tranche basis as and when the developer puts them to work. Um, and then the QS, the quantity surveyor, comes with us a report and says, "Yeah, he spent a million pounds on this, this, and this, and evidence is being properly utilised and put to work." So then we go back to the investors and say look, this guy spent a million pounds on this project, therefore we need another million pounds for him to go and do it again and again and again. Um, as the loan gets closer to day zero, again, the risk-reward balance comes into play where we, we, we decided that we probably need to offer a degree of cash back to encourage those investors to continue to fund the development to term to get it built because um, it's, you know, it's the riskiest part halfway through build. So let's pay them more to encourage them to get it done. So that's something that will be happening this week. Um, and one of the issues, yeah, so that's what we've been doing over the last few days. And that's our sort of we've, idea yeah. to increase liquidity in the secondary market by rebalancing that risk reward. I mean, we've got some other ideas as, as well, which we will be kind of looking at over the next sort of few weeks as well, which we will be um Communicating. I can't really add anything more at the moment, just because we need to kind of get the details right. But there will be some other ideas as well. These are all pilots, Lawrence. They're sure. all, they're all um, ideas um, that 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 we believe will work if people kind of go for them. Um, and if they if they don't have the overall effect that we want, then we will introduce some sort of new new ideas. Well, mm. but we're very proactive. Yeah, you know, we're keen. Yeah, you know, we're keen to hear from. Um, our investors as well about what they think will work and what they think works for other platforms etc so we're we're in listening mode but we're also keen to kind of implement things very very quickly as well to you know, you know to get that balance between supply and demand um, more in line okay yeah, and I, I think it's um, one of the the issues with having this high level of secondary market is uh, lenders tend to think that when you have such a huge amount of of secondary market availability that there's a problem within the company, which is usually not the case, but it appears that way from the outside. Then the rumors start happening, well, maybe investors are selling out because they're exiting. And I'm sure it's a constant you know, problem of perception too, and it's nice to have that right balance of availability on the secondary market, but it's very also difficult to achieve. 
I would imagine. Well, to spin that on its head a little bit, if there was six million on the secondary market on a loan book of eighteen million, that's only three yep. three percent of the loan book is for sale at any one time. Yep. So actually, ninety-seven percent of our investors are quite happy to hold. Um, and there's an absolutely no problem there. Yeah. It's just six million for sale looks like a big issue. Right. But actually, if you look at it in the whole, it's not an issue at all. That's going to do it for part one. Tune in next time. We're going to bring you part two. We'll continue the discussion with Lendy. You've been listening to the Financial Thing Peer-to-Peer Lending Essentials Podcast. Don't forget to visit financialthing.com for all the latest peer-to-peer lending reviews and DIY investing articles. 